like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robey, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another new episode of Uni Therapy. My name is Kat, and I'm the host here. Quick little reminder before we get started. Yes, this podcast is called Uni Therapy, but this in itself is not therapy. It is just a resource. Now, I'm coming to you guys as a bright, new, shiny 32-year-old, and my birthday was this past Saturday. And it's just so weird to me that I'm 32. I never actually thought I would even ever be 30, let alone 32. And I mean that in the sense where when you're younger and you think about where you're going to be in like 10 years, I always thought about it in this like way that like it never actually was going to happen. Like I never actually thought I would get there. Just 10 years seemed so long and far away. And well, I think I'm learning that it's not. (laughs) And I also have to um, renew my license, like my therapy license this year. And Thinking about that and doing the work I need to do for that, plus realizing then as I was doing that, that I've been basically doing this, like being a therapist for nine years, really just kind of got me thinking. And I was thinking about how like I started this career. I started being a therapist a long time ago. Like I went to school when I was 22, started my internship when I was like 23. And I just started thinking about like how I started and then like what I've learned along the way. And it's so funny because when you start being a therapist, you can't just like know all of the things that you're going to know that eventually make you into the kind of therapist that you are, like evolve you into the kind of therapist you are. You have to just start with what you know and learn along along the way. And you start with like the information and, and the trainings you do in school. And that's so important. But you learn so much by experience and being a human. And you can only learn so much in a classroom. I mean, definitely helps you need to go to school. <laughs> but if you want to be a therapist. Um, but it's not the only part. So what I started to do, and I made this like super long list, is I started to write down all of the things that I've learned like along the way. So I started making like a Google Doc that 
just basically it was like quotes or just like messages or hard truths or just myths and stuff like that, like things I've learned along the way that have been really helpful and kind of help evolve me into the kind of helper I am. And some of them took nine years to figure out and some took like 30 days and clicked immediately. Some make sense and at the same time are like very hard to still like sit inside of your soul. Like you can know them, but it's hard to like feel know them. And this list is like 56 pages long. So I wanted to do an episode where I kind of talked about this list, but that would be too much. (laughs) It would just be me like reading those things. And so I don't think that'd be helpful. So I decided to pick 15. They're not necessarily the top 15. I don't think you can rank this stuff, but they're just important ones that I just chose. So some of this stuff I've talked about on here, some of it I have not. It's a little bit of a mixed bag. So let me present to you 15 things being a therapist has taught me so far. Number one, it's not always about you. Yeah, this one is so hard to actually believe sometimes, but so freaking powerful when you do. You see, we are born this like insanely egocentric being. Like that's just how we are in the early stages of development. Being egocentric is like the very normal tendency or or way that a a child sees everything as it all relates and, and is happening to them. It's not like being selfish. It's just you don't have the ability to like understand how the world works yet. And as we move through life, we're supposed to grow out of this and we're supposed to develop this ability to see that like other people's behavior isn't always revolving around us, but it doesn't always happen. And then what does happen is we can find ourselves saying over and over again things like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not enough? Why wasn't I enough? Why was I too much? What could I have done better? And the reality is these are all irrelevant because often the behavior of others has very little to do with us and we just can't stop making it about us. Now, often this can happen as a result of childhood trauma, maybe needs, be it emotional, physical, any of that aren't met consistently or you grow up in chaos or a family member leaves or a family member dies when you're still in that like natural state of egocentricness and as a small child or adolescent we just naturally think these things are because of us and if that belief isn't addressed then it just becomes like a screen which I've talked about the screens on this podcast a lot so it becomes kind of like a lens that we see the world through and it actually is not accurate. So when we do develop and we do adopt the truth that like not everything is about us, our world has the opportunity to just like change dramatically. So number one, it's not always about you. Number two, there's a lot of bad in the world and there's still good. The trick is allowing yourself to see both. And oh my gosh, my first couple of years working as a therapist, I got like emotionally beat up. I found myself stuck in this spot of do I become jaded by life and do I just like think the world is evil and do I just like take on this hardened outlook on humanity or is there like another option? I would like there to be another option, but I'm leaning towards like become jaded by life. And I found myself in this spot where like I didn't really know how to like survive and like enjoy being in our world. I was doing that thing where like you see something and basically it's all you pay attention to. So then it's all you see and then you just think that you see more of it because it's all you see, but really it's because you're just paying attention to one thing. So we do it to ourselves. And the truth is there's a lot of like fucked up shit in the world, like a lot, but that's not all there is. And I cannot take away the bad. We cannot take away the bad. We can't get rid of that. But me thinking that the world is just forever evil robs me of the ability to experience 
that this is not the whole story. There is good in the world. We just have to be brave enough to see it. Number three, not everything can be fixed and not everything deserves fixing. Yeah. So this kind of speaks for itself. Humans have a hard time sitting in discomfort. I think we've definitely decided that here on the podcast. And it can be super uncomfortable to have broken relationships, broken anything. Often relationships and things break because they just don't work together. So not everything can be fixed and not everything deserves fixing. Number four, we would all be very lost without valley moments. Now, I know this one is very cliche, but also it's not wrong. This always reminds me of the part in The Glass Castle, which was a book that I had to read in undergrad. And I kind of want to read it again because I forgot how freaking good it is. But there's this part in The Glass Castle where they're talking about the Joshua tree. And I'm just going to read a little, like it's like two sentences from the book. One time I saw a tiny Joshua tree sapling growing not too far from the old tree. I wanted to dig it up and replant it near our house. I told mom that I would protect it from the wind and water every single day so that it could grow nice and tall and straight. Mom frowned at me. You'd be destroying what makes it special, she said. It's the Joshua tree's struggle that gives it its beauty. Oh, and I just love it because if you know what a Joshua tree is, it's those like windy, twinny and like twirly things and like they're so freaking cool. And it's so true. Like the struggle that that gives it its beauty without the struggle, it wouldn't look that way. And I will always stand by the idea that we can be grateful for our growth without being grateful for the thing that made us grow. I'm not grateful for trauma. I want to be very clear about that. I'm not grateful for trauma. I am grateful for the parts of me that I was forced to find and see and hold and know because of what I've gone through. I'm not grateful for the trauma. But a lot of the hard parts of life are what have forced me to tap into the parts of me that I might not ever find if I didn't have to find them. Which leads me to number five. Four, five, and six kind of all go together. Hey guys, Kat here, and I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick, or you just need a little extra boost, I think I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. It feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you Unique Therapy after you check out. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. 
Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Number five, asking for help is one of the most vulnerable and courageous things humans can do. This is also one of the things that um, is the hardest for people to do, which I found very, 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 very early on. It is extremely difficult for people to ask for help for different reasons. And I wonder often when we're going to universally acknowledge that like asking for help is like actually a huge act of strength and, and power. I mean, we're humans and, and humans were put on earth more than one at a time. I'm pretty sure for a reason. And we were literally created to need people and to be connected to people. Like actually we were born connected to another human. Like it's that literal. And what we know through through just like living life and also through research and science is that like humans can't develop fully in like a vacuum by themselves. They need people. They just do. If you want to be a functional human, you need other people. That is just a truth. And we never stop being humans throughout our life. So like, it's not like when you're a kid, you can, you can need people because you're a human when you're a kid. But when you get older, you turn into this like robot thing that doesn't need. No, you're always a human. So that means you never stop needing, which brings me into number six. Like I said, four, five, and six are kind of connected. We don't just need help in our valley moments. I love talking about the valley. I really do. Maybe I'll do an episode on that. But this was a later lesson for me. It came after I realized very early on that asking for help is like an amazing sign of strength. But it, I think it clicked after I realized how important like aftercare was when it came to the recovery process, like when I was working in treatment and you'd put so much effort into making sure people had all this aftercare and we had all these resources and we had these backup plans, these, all this stuff. And it was like, why do like these people are sober now? They've worked on their trauma. Why do we still need this? <laughs> and it's because like when we come to like the early stages of like, okay, I need help. Like when we were finally like, okay, I need help. There's usually like a little bit of like motivation to do the work and, and feel better. And then like we, we get excited because it's things are working and then we're climbing to the top of the mountain and we're getting out of the valley. And so we're doing all the things. And then once we get to the, the top of the mountain, it's like, okay, I'm done. But then we forget that like the reason that we got to the top of the mountain is because I was doing all of these things. So what's going to happen when I stop doing these things, when I stop needing support or thinking that I need support, when I stop doing the things that I know help me walk into my day with a good attitude or the energy that I, I need, when I do the things that allow me to rest, when I do the things that allow me to, all that, you're going to fall down the mountain. If we stop doing the things that make us feel better and more full and more human and more alive, then eventually we're, we're going to go back to where we started. I get why that's tough and why we don't want that to be true because it's like uh does this does the work ever end but like it kind of doesn't we just got to keep doing those things we don't just need help in valley moments number seven conflict is necessary to build intimacy if there's no conflict in a relationship then somebody's 
not being honest. I'll just say that. If there's no, it's never, ever, 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 ever any conflict in a relationship. Somebody is not being either transparent or honest or vulnerable. And there's no way that two people never have one ounce of conflict if they're both being fully themselves. And I say this knowing that conflict isn't bad. It's an opportunity to know someone deeper and learn, just like we learn from our valley moments, right? And I love this idea that I ran into, and this could be a whole nother point, but I'm going to put it in here, that like what makes a relationship strong isn't how compatible and like perfect you are together, but how you handle incompatibility. Like when those things do come up, when you do disagree, it's not really about oh, we just fit perfectly because we are a perfect match because like perfect does not exist in the world. It's, oh, we know we are not perfect. And in our imperfection, we have the ability to sit and work through and be in that stuff together. So conflict is necessary to build intimacy. If I want to know somebody deeper, I have to allow them and I have to allow myself to be fully vulnerable. If I want intimacy, I have to be vulnerable. Vulnerability invites conflict. Conflict helps us know people deeper. All of that is intertwined. Number eight, if it looks like someone's life is perfect, there is a very high chance it's actually chaotic. And I feel like I don't really need to say a lot here, but like, hear me out. I see it all. I see it all. Like I see the insides of so many people's lives and I just need you to trust me here. Like perfect is not a thing. So if something looks perfect, there is a chance that you are either not seeing the full picture or there is a lot of masking going on. And the good news is here, it doesn't really matter because we don't need to identify how good our life is by sizing up someone else's life around us. And I heard Annie F. Downs say this on her podcast, That Sounds Fun, one time, and I just love it so much. She said, if we are deciding if our life is okay by looking at someone else's life, we're always going to come up wanting because we usually look at like the outsides of other people's lives and we compare our insides to everybody's outsides and we think that their outsides are perfect and like maybe they are I don't know that doesn't really make sense to me because perfect to one person isn't perfect to another and like what is perfect and all that but if we are always looking to other people to figure out if we have enough, we're always not gonna have enough because the reality is we all need differences. We don't all need the same. But if you think somebody's life is perfect, I just want you to know you are probably not seeing the whole picture or you're not seeing clearly. Okay, number nine, you cannot withdraw your way to connection. And uh, this is a tricky one because I bet more of us do this than we want to admit. But one of the like deepest and like most like, I guess, universal desires for human beings is the desire to connect, to connect with other people. We all just like want connection and connection heals us. But to get connection, we have to move to, we can't move away. And so often we do this thing where we lean away, hoping that someone will lean into us. But as we lean away, a lot of times those people either stay where they are or they also will lean away too because they're like sensing your vibe, right? You can't withdraw your way to connection. That's a very passive aggressive and just like not honest, it's not vulnerable and connection is vulnerable. It's not the true way to actually connect to people. Connecting is saying, hey, I have a need. Hey, I have a feeling. Hey, I have a desire. I need you to hear me. It's not rolling over and hoping that the other person will tap you on the shoulder and be like, what's wrong? All right, number 10. Acceptance can be more healing than love. Love, in fact, is not always the answer. And I know this is crazy, right? It's crazy that I just said that because we're not taught that, but sometimes it's impossible. 
sometimes it's just impossible to love something or someone. It just is. And in those cases, when we can't learn to love ourselves or our bodies or somebody else or an experience, we get to choose something else. Like there is another option. And that other option is called acceptance. And there actually is a skill called radical acceptance that a woman named Marsha Linehan has created in her skills that go into this overhead idea of therapy called DBT. It's a whole school of therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy. And radical acceptance is one of the biggest skills used inside of that therapy process. And the truth is it's very, 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 very exhausting to fight reality. Like it's very exhausting. And then also it doesn't work. Like we can't just like fight reality and then win and be like, reality is not reality. I win. Like, no, you can't actually change reality. And I also can find myself trying to do this sometimes. Like this can't be true. This isn't whatever. Or uh, I have to learn to do this or I have to do that. But refusing to accept reality doesn't make our pain go away. It just ends up turning our pain into suffering. So I'm going to say that again, refusing to accept reality doesn't make our pain go away. It just turns our pain into suffering. So this skill of radical acceptance is very helpful in situations when you can't change reality and you can't change how you feel about reality. And radical acceptance does not mean that you agree with what's happening or what has happened to you. Rather, it just signals like an opportunity for hope because you are accepting things as they are and not fighting. So if you want to learn more about radical acceptance, you honestly could Google it and find a lot of good information on it. Um, if you search Marsha Linehan, a bunch of stuff will come up. DBT is awesome. So if you're in therapy, you can like ask your therapist, I want to learn more about this. Most therapists know at least a baseline amount of DBT because their skills can be universal, even if you don't practice solely DBT. And maybe we'll do a whole episode on that as well one day. We're going to do this podcast forever, I've decided. So we have a lot of episodes. So I can use whatever topics I need to use. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Number 11. Sometimes things don't make sense and that's the point, period. One of 
the biggest encouragements I would like to give to any and all human beings is do not attempt to understand why a dysfunctional or very unhealthy person does what they do. Just understand that it's dysfunctional, understand that they're not healthy, and then put a period. To actually figure that out can sometimes be super damaging because at the same time, you're trying to rationalize certain behaviors that can't be rationalized. For example, when people ask questions like, why did this happen to me? When talking about like abuse or trauma and stuff like that, it sends a message that your abuse has something to do with you and it can be explained and it can make sense to you. And abuse just can't make sense. It's not okay. And I know we want to make sense of things because it it tells us like in our heads, if I can make sense of this, I can understand it and then maybe I won't feel this way. But I think it's very empowering to know that there are certain things that don't make sense because they're so messed up. So sometimes things don't make sense and that's just the point. Number 12, behavior is a symptom not the problem. And this is where the idea of focusing on the cause, not the symptom comes in. When it comes to addiction, especially, I am relentless here. I did an episode on addiction a while ago that I highly suggest listening to. And there's this genius man named Gabor Mate, who I talk a lot about on that episode. And he illustrates this idea perfectly when he speaks about how addiction is looked at in our society. Because we look at humans and we say, like, why are you doing this? Why are you smoking? Why are you drinking? Why are you doing these drugs? Why are you watching this? Or why, why do you keep doing that? And it's like, well, maybe that's not the question we need to be asking. Because maybe that behavior is not actually the problem and it's a symptom of a bigger problem. And so the question we might want to ask instead of, like, why the addiction is, why are you in so much pain? So behavior is a symptom. It's not the problem. And I think if we can own that for ourselves and other people, it can allow us to be so much more loving and caring towards ourselves and accepting if that's what you need. Number 13, you don't actually have to work hard to be who you are. You have to work hard to stop being who you aren't. Just let that one sink in. Being ourselves actually comes very naturally. It's the other stuff that clouds our our being and, and clouds our relationships and it clouds our thoughts. That fear of not being able to control being loved or understood or being loved by certain people really screws with our ability to show up. So we develop all of these things, whether they're behaviors or thoughts or ways we show up and all of the ways we look, ways we dress, we develop all of these things and attempt to get what we all truly want, love, connection, acceptance, belonging. And then these like become like coats of armor almost. And, and, and so it's, it's not so hard to be you. That's a natural thing. If you took the coats of armor off, there you'd be. But it's hard to take those coats of armor off because if I take this off, what's going to happen? What won't I get? What won't I have? And the question I would even ask here to like transform that, what won't I get? What won't I have? Is what is my armor keeping me from? What's my armor keeping me from? If I was created on purpose for a purpose with purpose the way I was for a purpose, but then I put all this armor on, I don't show up with that as that human. There's something that I'm like probably not getting because the creation I was created as doesn't get to show up, but it's really, really hard and scary to take that stuff off. And so people, I hear people say all the time, like, I don't know who I am or it's hard to be who I am and, or it's hard to show up as authentic. And I'm like, I don't know if that's the thing that we need to look at. I think it's hard to let go of the things that we've put on top of who we are. Number 14, it is truly never too late. Honestly, I want to make this one short and simple because the thing here is, unless you're dead, you still have time. That applies to anything. Unless you're dead, you still have time. And there are so many things in our lives that we are like, oh, 
my time has passed. I can't do that. It's too late for this. It's too late for that. And it's like, we see this all the time. The time is going to pass that you're moving in. So like you might as well use it to like do what you want to do or, or be who you want to be or say what you want to say. That time's going to move. So do you want to move with it or do you want to like kind of stay like almost like holding yourself back? But it is never too late. Never too late to go to therapy. It's never too late to, to work on yourself. It's never too late to get back to school. It's never too late to think about starting a job. It's never too late to start a new hobby. It's never too late. You could be 95 and you're like, I want to learn how to play the piano. It doesn't mean that you're going to be like incredible piano player, but you could learn maybe. Which brings us to number 15. We made it all the way to the end. And this is one of my favorite things ever. So I know I said in the beginning, like, I can't rank these. But like, this is one of my favorite things in the whole entire world. And it is this simple, simple, simple idea and truth and fact that you cannot heal what you refuse to acknowledge. And I save this one for last because it's simple as it sounds. It's one of the most important things I think we can learn to hold on and plant inside of our beings that we can't heal things that we aren't acknowledging. We can't tend to wounds that we pretend aren't there. And it's hard and it's scary, I know, to acknowledge stuff, to acknowledge pain. It's scary. But remember, us not acknowledging pain doesn't make it go away. It just turns our pain into suffering. So I'm going to leave you with that one because I think it's so powerful. And maybe you think about like, what are the things that I'm refusing to acknowledge that like actually deserve some healing? And maybe if I like give myself that healing, it might be easier for me to take some of this armor off and then I can be myself. Because that part, you already have the structure to do, be yourself. So there are my 15 things I learned on my journey of being a therapist. And maybe we'll do a part two one day because... This list will continue to grow till the end of time and change. And I might change my mind on some of them because we're allowed to do that as humans. We are allowed to change our minds, which gets to go on the list. But I hope that was helpful for you guys. And I think that you guys could also be making these kinds of lists. Like you could also, I mean, this is a human thing. So you're moving through life. You're also learning things about humanity and yourself and all of that. So this could be a little encouragement to start your own little list of things I've learned from being a human being. If you have any questions, remember you can always email me, Catherine at You Need Therapy Podcast. You can follow me at cat.defada or the podcast at You Need Therapy Podcast on Instagram. I love when you guys connect with me on there and I love when you guys send me emails and questions and all of that. So I'm going to leave you with that and I hope you guys have the very day you need to have, the very week you need to have, and I'm going to go have the Monday that I need to have. Bye guys. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.